I would say the two biggest things that we've been able to track over you know, the last 50 years or so would be stress and toxins. So both environmental, we have control over both of them, um, but we know that both of those accelerate our biological clock. All right, everyone, welcome to Heal Thyself. Thank you, thank you, thank you for supporting the show. For all of the OGs that have been on this show forever, thank you for supporting. If you just came onto the show today, welcome. Thank you, as always, for rating, reviewing, subscribing, and just growing the show. Today is a bomb show, man. I'm talking about, we have an amazing guest, Dr. Catherine Zagoni. Look, if you're in a partnership, you're trying to have a baby, if you plan on having a baby, if you're having another baby, if you had a baby, this show is so important for you to understand what roles, the things in your life, the food, the exposures, right? What you're breathing in, what you're putting in your body is having on your overall health and capacity, mom and dad, to have a baby. Very, very important to understand this. And from the prospect of longevity, don't we all want to live longer, but we also want to live healthier. So Dr. Catherine Zagoni is giving us all her tips from all of her expertise on how we can live longer, what is affecting our DNA epigenetically outside of our genes that is affecting our lifespan. And on top of that, I took this test from her company and we're gonna go over my results. She's gonna tell me how old I really am in my body and how fast I'm aging and some of the toxins in my body that are affecting my ability to have a baby. You can't miss this one. This is gonna be an amazing show amazing, amazing. And my knowledge bomb, we're going to be talking about mindfulness. All right. Talked about meditation. We talked about the benefits of meditation, but what is mindfulness? Is it the same thing as meditation? Mindfulness is so, so important overall. We're going to even talk about the research out there. There's a lot of research on mindfulness. What can it do to help our overall health physically, mentally, and emotionally? And how can we integrate it to our every single day? Mindfulness show coming up, fertility, longevity, all the goods today on Heal Thyself. Hey, all right, everyone. What a special guest I have on here. Man, I have been trying to get her on the show since day <laughs> one. And finally, we live in the same city, too. <laughs> finally, she is here, Dr. Catherine Zagoni. She's a fellow naturopathic doctor, but she's a fertility and longevity expert. This is my go-to for all those questions. And right now, today, we're going to talk about some mind-blowing stuff about where we're going in humanity when it comes to fertility, What's happening with sperm? What's happening with longevity? Are we living longer? We need to know all of the details so we're living a healthy life. So Dr. Z, welcome to the show. Thank you, Dr. G. Such a pleasure to be here. Oh, man. And I wasn't lying. I've been trying to get you on for so long. I know. We have been trying for a while. <laughs> but, but you're over here traveling to this part of town, this part of town, going to this clinic, consulting here. You're a busy woman. I finally locked you down. Yeah. Well, you know. Ain't I need no, a ring now. No. Ain't, ain't no locking you down. Ain't no locking you down. I know. Okay. But thank you for coming on. Listen, we were talking off air about a lot of stuff around longevity, around fertility. You, I did a little test that we're going to review the results about how old I am, which yep. I can't wait to go over that. But I got a question for you. Yes. Okay. Are we as a humanity, are we heading towards infertility? Unfortunately, yes. Mm. Infertility rates are rising both for men and for women. We're seeing testosterone rates dropping, which is important both for quality of life for men, but also for fertility. And unfortunately, if we don't do something dramatically differently, um, that could be our future. 
And that's where we're heading. And towards... that's where we're heading. Oh boy. Oh but boy. there's hope. There is hope. There is hope. <laughs> and we're going to go into all of that. You know, I, I was thinking to myself, it's like, since the 70s, all these things have been dropping. What the heck is going on? What's going on with our sperm? What's going on with our reproductive system? What changed and what's creating this massive, massive problem right now? I would say the two biggest things that we've been able to track over you know, the last 50 years or so would be stress and toxins. So both environmental, we have control over both of them, um, but we know that both of those accelerate our biological clock. So that's important, biological clock, meaning how old our cells are and how fast the, the clock of time is really ticking in our cells, which is different. So biological age is different than chronological age. And we know, like I said, stress dramatically accelerates that clock, which gives you less years and less quality in those years and also affects fertility for both men and women. And toxin exposure, which again, accelerates that biological clock and it also contributes to all sorts of diseases. Stress and toxins, again, both contribute to all sorts of diseases. So we've seen the rise of disease. You know, skincare isn't just about looking good, right? A lot of us want to look good, but it's not just about looking good. It's about nurturing your skin and being well-balanced from the inside out. And, you know, this world is flooded with a bunch of harsh chemicals that are really insulting our skin, our barrier. And you want something truly effective that is safe. Alitura is one of the best in the game. If you never heard of Alitura, you just think of, you might've seen some uh, black bottles with gold writing on it. It's one of the best and they're always at health events and people are loving them and their quality. Alitura Naturals has crafted a serum that is not only safe, but also incredibly effective. Listen, a lot of you ask me where I get my glow from. This is a huge part of the equation. Their gold serum isn't just another skincare product. It's a testament to the power of natural healing and a commitment to holistic health. It uses organic ingredients like jojoba, olive, rosehip oils, and the gold serum is made organically with plant-derived vitamin A, not synthetic stuff, not that nasty stuff that you're getting in a lot of these over-the-counter products, GHKCU, and marine collagen to revitalize your skin. Alitura Naturals has been using the best ingredients in their products for years. They've been pioneering the path for what truly transformed skin should be. So if you're ready to take control of your skin health and experience the pinnacle of natural beauty, I highly recommend checking out Alituria Naturals. For a limited time, you, the Heal Thyself listener, will enjoy the exclusive discount, just the Heal Thyself discount, only for you. That's 20% off of this gold serum. Go to alitura.com and use the code DRG for 20% off. That's A-L-I-T-U-R-A.com and get that 20% discount. It's amazing stuff. I use it every night before bed and I'm telling you, I'm on fire with my skin in a good way. Check it out. All right, let's face it. With all the toxins we're exposed to nowadays with processed foods, pollutants, and even stress, our poor livers have been working overtime. If you've been feeling sluggish, bloated, or just overall rundown, it may be time to give your hardworking liver some extra love and support. That is where Organifi's Liver Detox comes in. This convenient little capsule contains a powerhouse blend of clinically studied superfoods. This convenient little capsule contains a powerhouse blend of clinically studied superfood ingredients specifically designed to remove excess toxins and improve digestion, promote healthier energy levels, and just overall liver health. Now, one of the key ingredients is artichoke leaf extract, which has been clinically proven to help detoxify the liver and digestive tract. Then you got the all-star liver protector. You heard of it, milk thistle, an herb that has been used for centuries to give your liver a big old hug. That's not all. Organifi's liver detox also contains dandelion root, one of my favorite ones of all time, which is loaded with vitamins and minerals to promote healthy liver function and digestion. And finally, Trafalia, an ancient Ayurvedic formula 
packed with antioxidants that have been traditionally used as a powerful liver tonic, one of my favorite ones too. So whether you're dealing with sluggish digestion, low energy, or just want to give your body's main detox engine a little extra love, Organifi's Liver Detox has you are back. Just take one to three capsules at any point during the day to start supporting your liver's natural detox pathways. All of us need to be supporting our liver. If you want to experience the energy boosting, liver supporting effects of this fantastic formula, head to OrganifiShop.com and use the code DRG for 20% off. That is O-R-G-A-N-I-F-I shop.com slash DRG. Is there more of an emphasis on the stress or the toxins or it depends on the person? I think it depends on the person. Um, it, because not everybody is testing toxins, we don't have enough data to really say this is the, the one thing, but it's also, we know it's ubiquitous. There's all sorts of different classes of toxins, different types of endocrine disruptors that we don't even know we're exposed to every day. Hundreds of chemicals every day that we don't even know and can't even really track yet. And stress, we have more of a subjective experience of. Some people are more in tune with, with their own stress levels than others. Um, there's more and more pressure from society, from work, from productivity, from trauma patterns that we're operating out of to... Uh, to just be in that stressful lifestyle. And it's kind of the norm, unfortunately. But I do think it always comes down to the individual. It always comes down. It's, it's interesting because people don't really have the perspective that when it comes to the FDA EPA, right, this, there's huge loopholes when it comes to these toxins that are coming into our food system, into cosmetics, which aren't even really regulated, that we're breathing in. And we think there's regulation. We think that there's a big iron wall and there's big giant bouncers and bodyguards going, you, yes, you, no, oh, no, 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 this is going to hurt society. But it's not the case. It's actually, we are in many ways lab rats, right? It's, it's out in the environment, and then we see innocent till proven guilty, which is a big problem. And then what, I, what, I, what blows me away the most is when there's toxicologists or food scientists going, hey, look, the dose makes the poison, <laughs> without even looking at bioaccumulation, right? Without looking at, okay, maybe in lower dose, which like we see for BPA, there's a big blip on the effects that it has at a low dose, just like it does at a high dose. So we are losing our perspective as a society. I don't think we've even ever had it. These toxins are in the environment and they are affecting us. Would you yes, agree? Absolutely. And we're actually seeing it in the DNA. So the test that you took that we're gonna talk about today is showing toxin exposure, but it's not just, are you exposed? It's not like a urine test, is it there or is it not? We're actually looking at epigenetics. We're looking at the expression of your DNA. So if the toxin comes up on this panel, it's actually altering how your DNA is being expressed. Mm -hmm. And the even crazier part is that gets passed down to your kids. Which is a mind-blowing thing that we were talking about, the epigenetic standpoint of toxin exposure. Now, infertility is huge, much bigger than I thought. You say it's one in five women? One, one in five women, couples. couples? Mm -hmm. Unbelievable. Yeah. Just to hear that. So we go back to there and say, okay, look, one, it's common. Everyone is trying to do IVF. I know personally uh, family members and friends who go, we're having trouble getting pregnant. Mm -hmm. I've had clients having trouble getting pregnant. Why aren't fertility doctors educating these clients about toxins? My friend went and they, and they go, no, they, we didn't talk anything about plastics or BPA. And I was like, what? Why aren't, they, why aren't we educating the people about what these are doing? There's a few reasons. One, um, it's a completely different paradigm. So in the conventional world, 
you will not even be seen unless you've been trying to get to conceive unsuccessful un, uh, unsuccessfully for a year. Mm-hmm. You have to try unsuccessfully for a year before they'll even see you to, to test anything. In our world, it's let's start a year before you want to conceive and test everything and get everything in tip-top shape so that it happens easily and naturally. So completely different paradigm. Uh, there is a lot of published research now showing that when couples who go through IVF who have BPA, phthalates, parabens, PFAs, you know, all these chemicals in their system, that they have poorer outcomes with IVF. So the research is there, and there are a few reproductive endocrinologists who are speaking out publicly that this is a big issue. Mm-hmm. Of course it is, right? It's like we think about, we don't understand, many of us, even in, in especially in the conventional side in endocrinology, that these are known toxic toxins with known endocrine disruptive activity, mm-hmm. known connections to infertility, and when we look at the bioaccumulation, some really stay in our system for a long time. Some we pee out that day, yep. but some stay, but even worse, it can change our genetics. And this is what we're talking about. Mm-hmm. How do these toxins change our genetics? What happens in the body? So epigenetics is when we're looking at how genes are turned on and off, and these are affected by the environment. There's a few different mechanisms. One of the most studied mechanisms is called methylation. So DNA methylation. And that's when a methyl group sits on top of the DNA and it acts like a switch. And um, so it turns genes on and off, basically, whether it's there or not is is the switch. And these patterns of methyl groups on the DNA give us information of um, what we've been exposed to and what our, what our biological age is. So when we're exposed to a toxin, one of the ways that it impacts our DNA is it might be pulling off some of these methyl groups where they're supposed to be on, or it might be adding methyl groups to where we don't want them. So it's changing that epigenetic landscape. And we know that that also gets passed down to our kids, like I said. Mm. So what is the implication then if, let's say, and we'll go over our t- my test, uh, there is a toxin that is methylating in the wrong place in my genes, right? Or uh, under-methylating, over-methylating, what's going on in my DNA? And then we're passing it to my child. What's the implication of that mutation or that change in my DNA to my child? So we see things like behavioral disorders. And what's interesting is it affects baby boys more than girls, um, both with phthalates and with BPF, which is a toxic sister to BPA. We see increased rates of asthma up through like 10 years old. Um, It can increase rates of autism. Um, Any childhood disease, and, and even things later in life, like we know there are some exposures that might be more pregnancy exposures, but reproductive exposures before baby's even born, and oftentimes before baby's even conceived, um, that affect mental health, neuropsychiatric conditions, uh, endocrine health, like testicular weight in baby boys has been declining rapidly in the last 50 years, mm-hmm. which translates into lower testosterone. Some of these also cause um, genital malform- malformations in baby boys, which is terrifying. Mm-hmm. So it's really like, it's about your legacy and about setting your child and your lineage up for success or disease. That's, that's powerful to think that right now the decisions we make can affect lineage for success or disease. You know, I remember doing a show um, about, <laughs> I titled it, Penises Are Shrinking, right? And talking about all of the toxins out there that are causing not, not only the anal genital angle mm-hmm. to shorten, but penises are shrinking. Yeah. Which is crazy compared to 
you know, many, many years ago. Great, great, great grandparents, grandparents. And I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, it, it's here. The toxins are here. It's a palpable, it, this is now a phenotypical. We're seeing what is happening in the bodies because of what's been happening in the DNA for quite a long time already. Yeah. So we're talking about all these effects. We're talking about the nasty toxins out there. You mentioned some. What are the top worst toxins that affect our fertility? <laughs> I mean, I would say all of them. <laughs> we know the, B the bisphenols, so like BPA, BPS, BPF. Lots and lots of research on how terrible they are for, for fertility, and those are easy to test for. We test for them on our test. There's urine tests. Um, phthalates, also terrible, because we see a lot of those, those transgenerational effects from phthalates specifically. And there's a lot of different phthalate metabolites. And again, some we can test for, some we can't quite yet. Some of the toxins that are very detrimental to fertility that we can't test for really just yet, that are more of those forever chemicals like the PFAs, um, we're working on expanding our toxin panel to be able to uh, track exposure, but then also we can do, you know, try different interventions to see what we can do to get things out of the body and, and get that DNA back to baseline. Mm. So those are nasty chemicals. Yeah. People viewing and listening, they go, okay, I heard of them before. What do I need to avoid right now? Is Do I need to live in a plastic bubble when I go to Whole Foods? A What's happening? A glass bubble. A glass <laughs> bubble, exactly. What, what are we needing to avoid? Just generally speaking, what do we need to know right now as viewers and listeners? The two biggest things I would say to avoid are plastics and fragrances. Overall. And why? <laughs> BPAs and phthalates are going to be in most of those plastics. Uh, and that could be, you know, a plastic-lined can. Sometimes there's plastic we don't know. Takeout containers that we don't think about. Um, you know, everybody thinks about the plastic water bottle. Um, receipts, hidden source of, of BPA. Or even, like, a to-go cup. Coffee, like, one of my favorite examples of, like, chemical soup is drinking a hot coffee through a plastic lid. So you're getting, especially if it's not organic, but you're basically putting a hot acidic liquid through soft plastic and drinking an endocrine disrupting soup right there. Um, and then fragrances are going are gonna to be a lot of those phthalates. And again, sometimes it's hard to avoid. Like I was just joking with you that, you know, I'll go out on, out on a date with somebody who's wearing cologne and I'm like, oh my God, my ovaries. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. And, and I, could go, I could go on. So typically in home, we're seeing things in the water, we're seeing things in the food, we're seeing things in, in clothing. Um, so I would say, and in the air, of course, unfortunately, like all my LA patients come back with all sorts of crap from just inhalation. Mm -hmm. So a good air filter in the bedroom, a good water filter at every point of use, like making tea or coffee or even cooking, make sure it's good filtered water. Um, and then beyond that, consciousness around plastics and fragrances. Yeah, and I think about the fragrances part, right? Um, I, this phenomenon, I actually haven't looked into research in this because I just figured it's something that happens. The more I stayed away from toxins and chemicals and I actually was more mindful of it, mm -hmm. the more I became sensitive to things like fragrances. And I noticed, you know, I used to wear cologne. I used to be around perfume all the time. I'm from New Jersey, of course, right? <laughs> but... Now, when someone walks in with perfume, I can I I went into the bathroom just here and there was a scented candle. I started sneezing nonstop. Yeah. Right. I sneeze around scented candles like crazy. I sneeze around perfume like crazy. It's like my body's going, oh no, we ain't used to this. Get it out. Get it out. Is this, is this a phenomenon <laughs> that you ever see? Because a lot of people ask me about it. I see that a lot, um, and I've seen it with myself. Like I get a weird like watery eye if somebody's wearing perfume or cologne. Um, 
And I've had patients who've expressed the same thing. And, and sometimes it's now you're in such a, a, like an exquisite state of health that you can feel the dramatic shift when you're exposed to something. Sometimes it's, there, wasn't that just, there just wasn't that much awareness before. Um, and you may have been having some sort of reaction but not notice it because like, right. you know, either you're not aware or it's not, you know, it's just the norm. And I think we're still figuring a lot out about toxin exposures and about long-term effects. And, and, and I mean, and that's why we're here is to, like you and I specifically, is to like education, information, data collection, like how do we solve this? How do we solve it? Exactly. And it's funny going back to the, the fragrances and, and the effect, Glade plugins or the plugins in the house when you walk in and the candles. I remember I walked into someone's house and it smelled like a Bed Bath & Beyond. <laughs> And, it, and I was like, not only sneezing, but the next day I was so exhausted. It was like, mm. I felt it. I was like, oh, I don't feel good yeah. today because of last night. Um, mitochondrial so, toxins. Mitochondrial <laughs> toxins. So, so actually to everyone viewing and listening, hey, ask yourself, do I have synthetic fragrances in the house, right? Um, because fresh doesn't necessarily mean you take your clothes out of the dryer and they smell like a Bed Bath & Beyond, right? Totally. Fresh means it has no scent or a slight natural scent. You or know? use essential oils, or like organic, essential real oils. essential oils. Yeah, the real stuff, the real stuff. Yeah. Put some flowers on your clothes or something. Well, you know? something like Febreze that I see so many people use, right. um, a lot of the same chemicals in Febreze that give that fresh scent are a lot of the same chemicals that are in cigarette smoke. Interesting. And we know that cigarette smoke causes reproductive issues and accelerates the biological clock and causes all sorts of other health issues. Now, there's other things in cigarettes, of course, as well. But it's just really interesting how, you know, we have no problem using these, these toxins in one place and we think it's like healthy and good and refreshing. But really, it's the same thing that is contributing to part of the, the negative health effects in another area. Which is mind-blowing too, right? Because it's acceptable every single day. We have wrinkles in our clothes. Let's spray the Febreze on it. Yeah. It will be good. Listen, and this is not coming from someone high and mighty. I'm non-toxic. We're going to go over some tests of mine. <laughs> but when I was in college, I smelled like an Old Spice, Dove, <laughs> Polo Sport, Febreze model. You know yeah, what I mean? There you go. I was a walking scent. So <laughs> I, I, I get it. I get it. But now, viewers and listeners, what can we do slowly but surely, right? If you have a plug-in, maybe unplug it. Right? Well, there's, right now, there's, I'm sure, scents, perfumes that we can use that are more natural, uh, less toxic, right? Totally. There's things that we can use in our bathtub and, and, and for our hair or for our skin that we can change. So now it's a booming business because we're used to it. So many companies are popping up all the time. Natural this, natural. I just saw mm -hmm. a natural cologne company and I was like, oh, natural cologne. I haven't used cologne in a long time. Maybe I want to smell a little bit better, right? Mm -hmm. So... But yeah, thank you for highlighting that as far as toxins. Now, how much, how detrimental is just a stressed individual to their DNA, their mitochondria, their longevity, their fertility? Really, how, aren't we all just stressed? Haven't we been stressed for many years? How bad can stress really be for us? We see it as one of the top accelerators of the biological clock. And yes, we, we are built for stress in a way, um, but we're built for acute stress. And there are things where acute stress actually, like hormesis, which is intentionally putting your body under an acute stress to get a beneficial effect, like a training adaptation. Um, but when we're under consistent stress, chronic stress, it depletes our immune system, it accelerates our biological clock, it um, creates oxidative damage in the body, and that actually creates aging. Mm. Is it what? <laughs> is, it the, is it just cortisol having that effect on the DNA? 
cortisol cortisol is one of the mechanisms that we're aware of. So when you have that that chronic stress response, cortisol does impact gut linings. You can get things like leaky gut, gut issues. We also know that the parasympathetic versus ser- versus sympathetic nervous system, um, that balance, so when you're in that parasympathetic, which we need for healthy digestion, or versus the sympathetic, which, to, sorry, I'm going to jump back to fertility for just a second because it's my first love. But specifically with the stress and the fertility piece, that you can't it's hard to conceive in that sympathetic state because if there's anything in the environment that the body thinks is dangerous, whether it's a psychological stressor like your boss or whether it's an environmental stressor like not enough food, if, if the body doesn't think that baby is going to survive well, it's not going to use resources, time, energy, uh, hormones to, to make that baby if it's not going to be successful. Mm. It's a big uh, energetic undertaking to create another human. So that affects shutting down our reproductive hormones under chronic stress. Might be the number one thing that people are suffering with then, right? If we think about couples, we're so stressed and for so many reasons. You put on the news, stress. Put on the radio, stress. You listen to your friends, stress. You call call from your mom and dad, stress. (laughs) I work with emotions. Most people are deeply repressed and holding in so many emotions. So I want to dive into that more. Yeah, so, so we're, we're, when you say something like the body and its own intelligence going, can this be successful evolutionarily? Can we have a child and a lineage that perpetuates these genes, keeps them going? And, and being smart enough to go, no, you're stressed. I ain't doing this. We, no, 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 there's a lot of work for this baby. And this field, this place is not healthy enough, that soil is not fertile enough. Totally. Stress just yeah. depletes you like that. Totally. Well, and there's different components of stress. So there's like total lifetime accumulated stress, which you've had a guest on who spoke to, which oh, I was yeah, like, yeah, yeah. love that episode. There's stress in the moment. In there, is it an external stressor? Is it an internal trigger to an external stressor? There's, and there's kind of like, um, almost like a diagnostic of like, where do we make the correction? Mm-hmm. So if it's like a boss is yelling at you, that's not a healthy situation and get out of the situation, right? Or relationship or whatever. If it's, I'm constantly getting triggered when somebody raises their voice because my dad yelled at me when I was a little girl, which was not the case. Um, you know, that's something that I need to work on on the inside. And that might be a trauma release situation. That might be emotional, like there's different modalities to work with there. We can actually track trauma in the epigenetics now. And we can see that improvement in the, in the epigenome when the trauma is healed, which is really crazy. Mm. So that's kind of where we're moving in this next generation. But um, like one example, one of my couples, I also like to say the body is a faithful puppy dog to the mind. So sometimes we know what we're telling the body, but sometimes the subconscious is stronger and we don't know what's in there. Um, So one of my couples, they had been trying for a year. She was 36, had been told at 19 she would never be able to get pregnant because she had PCOS. Um, So the first thing I told her was, based on everything you've done for yourself in the last seven years at that point, I think you can get pregnant. And that she needed to hear that from a doctor because she had heard from a doctor she would not be able to get pregnant. On our second visit, we did another mind-body appointment. Um, And I'm like waiting on their labs to come back at this point. Like I said, you know, I think you can get pregnant, but let's see what your labs say as well. We do a mind-body appointment and we end up tracking a memory that she had completely forgotten about. Um, When she was five years old, her brothers took her out to the woods and left her there. Mm. And every day she was having this experience of fear of abandonment. Um, she wasn't, she couldn't quite put words to it until that appointment. Her husband is a Marine 
and is, yeah. you know, off on tour. Mm-hmm. So there is a very real threat of abandonment. Plus there's this childhood trauma that it's getting triggered every single day. Yeah. So we cleared that initial memory. They got pregnant her next cycle. Mm-hmm. Which I don't, that's for me, not surprising. Right. But that's amazing. Yeah. Powerful. And then I got their labs back and I'm like, I didn't think it would have happened this fast, but here you go. Yeah. Like the mind is so powerful. So powerful. And, and for me, it's like, that emotional stress, so many resources, so many are, are used to hold in trauma. Especially in the fascia, right? It's just holding. Because when it's liberated, it's like someone comes out of a sauna. And I was like, holy moly, that was a lot of repressed energy, right? So that energy is going to what? Endocrine system, your ovaries, right? Your sperm, your immune system, your gut, everything. Life force. Life force. Back, it's like, ah, I'm awakened. Thank you so much. I was stuck in a cave. You know, yeah. life force is just thanking you. So that's beautiful to hear that there's a emotional component or a trauma component to infertility even. Yeah, absolutely. And what's cool in the studies as far as rewinding the biological clock, because it's possible and doable, uh, very minimal interventions made a very big difference. So even like 20 minutes a day, and it wasn't specific, like you could, they, they called it meditation. It could be breath work, it could be uh, a mantra, it could be music, like, but sitting there in relaxation for 20 minutes a day was, contributed to rewinding the biological clock by about two years in, in or three years in a couple, in like two months. That's crazy. Yeah. That's just, that's just crazy to hear. 20 minutes for three years and two months to my age? You mean I'm going to age slower if I'm just laying down, getting in my body, doing a little meditation, maybe breathing, and then just doing an in-my-body dance after that? You mean I like, I want to see her in-your-body dance. Man, I'm going I'm <laughs> to do a nice, I'm going to do a nice, you, actually, I'll tell you, I do a, um, I do a, a, a fascial concentrated in-my-body dance that is at, the, at my root, right, Ooh. for shame and sexual repression. Okay. So it's literally a, a penis moving dance. That's what activates and moves me. It's really powerful, but it's it's beautiful. As a side note, I, I tell a lot of women, move with your womb. Your womb dictating, not your head, but the ecstatic movement from the womb. You know I'm a belly dancer, right? Of course, I've seen, I've seen <laughs> you belly dance, man. I've seen, and, and, and everyone, listen, if you have any videos on your Instagram, everybody go check that out. There are videos there, on my Instagram. It is it's next level. It's, I don't know how you learn it, but it's next level. Thank it's really you. It's really powerful. It's intuitive. It's been a long time since I promoted a coffee because there's not that many good coffee brands. We got one of the best ones now on Heal Thyself. Are you ready to elevate your coffee game? An experience to prove that it's not only delicious, but it's also health-focused. Let me introduce you to Purity Coffee. You heard me review them in one of my first ever coffee reviews as one of the best, and then my second ever one as one of the best. And it's one of the best still. It's an ultimate choice for coffee lovers who, who prioritize taste as well as well-being. I'm gonna tell you what makes Purity Coffee stand out from the crowd. Every step in that process is rooted in health-focused principles backed by solid, scientific, research-based, rigorous testing. They use the finest specialty grade organic Arabica beans and then move on to small batch roasting, ensuring that each cup meets the highest standards of quality. But what really sets Purity Coffee apart from all the other coffee brands is their dedication, is my favorite, is their dedication to purity and safety. Their beans undergo third-party testing to ensure they're free of pesticides, toxins, and harmful mycotoxins, those pesky substances that can wreak havoc on your health, causing issues like liver and kidney damage, digestive problems, brain fog, and fatigue. 
Purity coffee also has some of the highest antioxidant capacity. And this is important because we have to understand coffee is actually really good for us when we're getting quality coffee. And the reason it's good for us and ensures so many benefits, especially heart health, is because of its antioxidant capacity. Purity has one of the highest antioxidants that you're going to find in coffee, giving you a powerful dose of healthy boosting compounds with every sip. Purity coffee is grown on regenerative organic farms that prioritize soil health, animal welfare, and community well-being. They have certifications by USDA Organic, Rainforest Alliance, and Smithsonian Bird Friendly. You can also trust Purity Coffee is not only good for you, but also good for the planet. They have a range of roasts from their light medium roast with sweet fruity notes and their dark roast with rich bold taste. So to try out one of my favorite coffees in existence and one that I recommend to everyone still to this day, I've been doing it for years, is Purity Coffee. Go to puritycoffee.com and use the code DRG for 30% off of your first purchase. That is P-U-R-I-T-Y-C-O-F-F-E-E.com and use the code DRG for 30% off of your order. But I, I use belly dance and have used belly dance in my fertility practice because it was originally created for the female body to connect with oneself and with the divine and was used to prepare for, for pregnancy, birth, and labor. I love it, it wasn't a performance art. I mean, it was, but it wasn't like, you know, we, yeah. we think of it today. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's an ancient, powerful medicine, is that type of movement. It's beautiful to hear that too, right? Because when you're in your body, you're moving your lower body. You're yep. connected to your womb. This is time, right? Back to fertility, everyone. So yeah. listen, if you're trying to get pregnant, maybe do a little meditation, maybe get in your body, maybe do a little belly dancing or womb movement just to connect to it. I mean, for me, from the trauma standpoint, if I had someone, and I, ha and I did, and I'll tell you a little, a, a quick story. There's a girl who came in and she was trying to get pregnant. She was crying. She was just what came up was just exhaustion. She's like, I'm mm. so tired of explaining this to my mom and my family when I'm going to get pregnant. And they've been trying for, I think it was like the better part of eight months, nine months, just over and over. And then they were on the brink of doing IVF. Mm. I'm going to follow up with her, but we were doing this emotional release. And, you know, she felt sadness in her chest and then it moved to anger and her belly and expressing it. And then her right ovary just started shaking. Like it was, she's like, oh my God, it's like, it's like palpitating. I feel like there's a heartbeat. So I actually put my finger near it and I pushed down at that muscle. And I'm like, well, what emotion do you feel? What, what do you feel here? And she's like, Sad, sadness. And then it's just like all came up. And then her oh. other, her, her left one was activated. And I'm pushing that one. And, she, and this was crying from a long time. This wasn't like, I'm sad, I'm crying. This was like 1987 crying yeah. that was stuck in there and just pouring out, pouring out. I just felt the shift that happened there. And I go, that woman's going to get pregnant. I'm, I'm going to, in the next month, mm. I'm going to, I'm going to message her in the next month after that, because she's going to get pregnant. I, I just felt the opening that's going to happen. So I a hundred percent am with you in the trauma, the removing of the trauma, the emotions when it comes to something like infertility. Beautiful. Thank you for doing that work. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for doing your work. <laughs> okay. Okay. Look, so we talked about a lot about what women can do, mm -hmm. but what about us fellas? We're, we're half this equation too. Yeah. Is there a lot of responsibility on us or is it just on the women? You are half the DNA, my friend. Okay. <laughs> so you have, you have at least half the responsibility. Interesting. So what are some things that we as men can do when in partnership we're trying to get pregnant? Um, very similarly, keep the toxins out, keep the good nutrition in, keep stress levels low, move your body, 
Um, there are some specifics that are a little different for men, like you want to avoid heat in the genitals because that can alter sperm parameters. But keeping your cells really healthy, because a lot of this comes down to cellular health. Cells make up tissues, tissues make up organs. Um, you know, we've got different levels of, of cell organization, but, um, you know, it, it comes down to the basics. Like we all want the like magic pill or the newest, hottest thing, but really all the research is like nutrition, sleep, stress. Um, you know, and there's some nuances, like we could talk about fasting mm -hmm. both for men and for women and, and where that would be appropriate. Um, you know, it's not appropriate for women if you're trying to actively conceive that month. Um, and maybe not as much for men too, but we don't really know yet. Um, but we don't, but we do know that, that fasting or caloric restriction rewinds the biological clock. So it kind of depends on where you are in the process. Like if you're preparing three to six months from now, a fast or a cleanse, something like that would be a great, that'd be a great time to do it. Get the toxins out now because the three to four months before conception, all the blood flow. So all the, everything that's in your blood, all the toxins, all the nutrients or lack of nutrients, all the reactive oxygen species or antioxidants are nourishing the egg and the sperm that are gonna be released in three to four months when you try to conceive. Mm. Also the belief patterns, whatever you're saying to yourself in the bloodstream, in the tissues, in the fascia, in the body, three to four months before you conceive is affecting how those genes are being expressed, the health of the egg and the sperm. So that is like the magic window to really set yourself up for a healthy, easy conception and really to set yourself your, to set your baby up for the healthiest life possible. Mm. And it's powerful because three to four months, you can change your lifestyle in every way and make that permanent, right? You get pregnant, stay with it. Dad's eating healthy, bringing the baby to the world. Now you have a whole life change in a new way. You know, doing that for nine plus months, you know, a year of changing your life and seeing the benefits, that's going to benefit the baby now. Oh, yeah. Right? Bringing a baby into a world where you've done some emotional work, you're eating healthy, exercise is higher at the top of the list, right? Movement, connection, the way we talk to ourselves, these are all powerful tools for your baby. It's like full circle in many yeah. ways. What about alcohol? Something that we all, so many people, I've done so many alcohol shows, everyone drinks <laughs> alcohol. But how, how much does a, of a role does alcohol play for a couple infertility? So I'm going to give you a couple of different answers. What we see in the research is that four or more drinks per week negatively impacts fertility. And so a drink is like one glass of wine, one shot, one beer, um, and not all on the same night, mm -hmm. um, ideally. I'm a fan of no alcohol in the preconception period. Um, it's some, it's, I think it's a toxin that your body has to then metabolize. And I think every little bit helps, but also moderation and, you know, a glass of wine once a month in, you know, when you're trying to conceive for a special event to enjoy yourself. Like if the benefits of whatever you're getting out of it, like if it's stress relief and the benefits of that stress relief, now there's other ways for stress relief, of course, but if, if the benefit of that specific scenario outweighs the one glass of wine, freaking enjoy it. Mm. Like it's not the end of the world to have you know, one here and there. Um, but when we're talking about optimizing fertility, my official recommendation is zero. Um, doesn't mean forever, but it's like you can't drink when you're pregnant anyway. So yeah. just add a couple of months on the back end. Just, uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. A few more months. And so, yeah, that's powerful information. I remember a, a while ago uh, looking at a research study. It was when I was in school because we were going and I was doing fertility tests and I was just wanting to learn about this. But uh, men just drinking alcohol 
reduce their sperm viability, their concentration, their motility. Just overall, their sperm was just a lot shittier than it was before the intervention. And just people who don't drink alcohol in general. It was wild. I was like, wow, sperm and alcohol, huh? Stronger firm, stronger sperm, less alcohol. Was it was the, was there like a threshold of like zero? Was it just like zero or any? Or was do you know, it was it was like uh, if I remember clearly, it was people who didn't drink alcohol and people who drank X amount of drinks per week. And then I think there was another study and just the reduction and seeing how how sperm improved. Gotcha. So it was really cool. I was like, powerful, powerful. Yeah. Just learning about alcohol. Definitely one of the parameters that we don't test very often that the conventional world rarely tests that's important for sperm health and, and baby health is DNA fragmentation. Um, and this is like, so usually when a semen analysis is done, we're looking at count, which is how many, morphology, which is the shape, and motility is how do they swim. Yeah. Um, but DNA fragmentation actually has more of a, a correlation of miscarriages and, and baby health down the line. So it's also something that I just want to throw out there that is also important to test. And there are companies who are creating at-home tests for it now. Mm -hmm. And you can also request it through like a, like a reproductive endocrinologist, IVF specialist. But that's something that, you know, we, we, and this is, you know, part of what I'm working towards is like, we want healthy DNA, we want healthy cells, which translates into healthy eggs and sperm, which translates into healthiest baby, healthiest lineage, saving humanity. <laughs> saving humanity. <laughs> Because we're going the opposite way. <laughs> yeah. We're yeah. going the opposite way with all this stuff in the environment and everything. So I did this test. Yes. This is the clockwise kit. Yes. Right? So clockwise, and we make the fertility-wise test. The fertility-wise test. Yeah. So the, everyone, this is what I took. And we're going to do special on-air results. Yes, we are. So let's hear if I'm able to have a baby, if I'm, if I'm, <laughs> if I'm old, if I'm rapidly aging, or if I'm going down towards the fountain of youth. Where am I? Do we have the results here? We have the, can I pull them up? Yes, let's pull them let's up. Pull we up need to, let, let's pull up, let's pull them up. And so we're looking at the age of your cells. Okay. I'm not looking at your sperm because you didn't give a semen sample, right? Right. Unless you did and I don't know about right, it. Right, right, right. No, I sent it to the wrong company. <laughs> um, so, we're, and we'll talk about how this impacts fertility. How will it affect fertility, yeah. So the first marker we look at is your biological age. Okay. So biological age is the age of your cells. It's the age of your DNA based on that methylation, that epigenetic age that we talked about already. Mm -hmm. Chronological age is how old you are based on your birthday. How old are you based on your birthday? August 2nd, I turned 38 years old. Okay, great. So your biological age or the age of your cells came back at 39.21. That's it. I'm, I'm old. <laughs> What's happening in my body now? So... First thing I want to say is about 30% of this is genetic, mm -hmm. which means 70% is not genetic and modifiable. Mm -hmm. So we have a lot of room for improvement. Also, this number takes into account your history. So you, you had mentioned something about your 20s. Okay. <laughs> I was a big partier uh -huh. in my 20s to 30, probably 20 to 29, and I drank a lot of alcohol. All the weekends, all the parties, all the college football games, all the, you know, just being young in my, in my uh -huh. head. No awareness around toxins that I was being exposed to. Didn't care about sleep really that much. Not till I was really getting into naturopathic schools, but that was already in my 30s or late 20s. Um, and yeah, yeah, that, that, to think like that was a lifestyle that has been long gone, but it was 10 years of it pretty much. Okay, good to know. Good to know. Um, so where this 
how this impacts your fertility is that we know that advanced paternal age, so that means dads getting older, um, increase the risk for what are called neuropsychiatric conditions in their children. So things like autism, schizophrenia. Mm -hmm. So I, ideally, we want your cells to be as young as possible. And we're going to talk about how we're going to do that. We also know that advanced paternal age can also contribute to longer time to conception. Mm -hmm. So that means, you know, if you're trying, you might be trying for, you know, six months instead of getting pregnant in month two or three. Um, and obviously, it's associated with the quality of your epigenetics. So younger, healthier, better, healthier baby overall. Kind mm -hmm, of. mm -hmm. um, you ready to move on to your next marker? I'm ready to move on to the next okay. marker. Please <laughs> get me out of this 39-year-old so, age. So some good news that I have for you. So the second marker we look at is called the Dunodim PACE algorithm. This was created by Duke University. And this is looking at how fast your cells are aging in this moment. So it's, the scale goes from 0.6 to 1.4. And if you're at 1.0, that means you're aging at the same rate of, as time, which is okay, but we can do better. You came back at 0 0.8, mm. which means you are aging slower than time, which means you're doing a lot of the right things. Your cells are, are healthy. The reason that we see the difference between this and your biological age is because that first number takes into account genetics and history. This number is literally what you were doing that day or like right around that time when you took the test. So you're doing a lot of good things. So if you didn't change anything from when you took the test and you just retook the test six months, a year, the years would start to come off the clock. I see. But we can get them to, to roll, roll back quicker. We can even get them to roll back more. And roll back and more. And roll back quicker. And roll back quicker. Okay, I love that. Yeah. Okay, okay, so yeah. this, this is good news. This is great news. So, so for me, the way I see it is history aged me a little bit. Yeah. Especially in my 20s, I was like, oh, I'm doing something for my future that is not good. I know it. I, it's like I had the awareness that, like, I'm, uh, it's either not good the way that I was, like, partying and drinking and doing all these things, uh, and it may affect me in the, down the line. And now I see, okay, wow, I'm a little bit older than my body's older than my chronological age. Yeah. Well, did I tell you what my results were? Mm-mm. So the, when we were creating this test, I took it thinking I'm, I was 33 at the time. And I'm like, 28, 28, 28. I thought I was doing everything right. Like, I'm a naturopathic doctor. I'm in fertility. Like, I know longevity. Like, I thought right. I was doing everything right. I came back four years older than I was. No way. Yeah, and I would never have known if I had not tested. Whoa. Yeah, so I'm mid-30s, single, in L.A., wanting babies. That was like a fertility death sentence for me. Right. I had to do some emotional release around right, it. Right, 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 sure. right, right. And then I'm like, now I need to figure this out for me and for everybody. Okay, okay. So we have, so the nice part is the second part that you said, we can show how we're aging. And that shows really good benefit because we're going, okay, at least I'm doing something right, right. You're now. doing something right, honey. Slowing it, slowing it down. Um, what are some of the things that already we know can even make that number lower? What can make me age slower? What are some things? Really you, good stuff. Do you do any fasting? Um, I just, I eat, uh, I, end, I end my eating like around 8 o'clock. Mm -hmm. I don't really eat later. Some days I do. And I don't eat till like 10 the next day. Okay. So that's the only fast. But I, I don't do often full day fasts. Should I be doing it? It might, it might help to add a, a little more fasting in some capacity. So that could be a 24-hour or what I did when I first rewound my biological clock. So I did a protocol and within eight weeks rewound my clock by two full years. In eight weeks? In eight weeks. Whoa. 
And what, and one of the things that I did was the prolonged fasting mimicking diet. Yeah. So it, I joke that it's like 80% of the benefits of a water fast with like 20% of the suffering. And <laughs> You it, do suffer. You, <laughs> yeah, it, it's hormesis. Like there's a stressor to right. get an effect. Right. Um, but that was one of the biggest things that I did. I did it twice in two months. So one week in the first month, one week in the second month. Wasn't on a ton of supplements, you know, had done some stress relief stuff, but but the fasting component, a, a lot of research shows that that's beneficial. Fasting. Fasting. Okay. So we'll, we'll do a little bit more fasting, maybe do a prolonged fast or maybe just a full day, no eating. <laughs> yeah. Listen, I love to eat my smoothie bowls with some vegetables, some fruits, right? I love my little protein bars on the go. Yeah. But you know what? You're right. So... I know there's other stuff in here that you've tested for too, yes. which is, and there's one surprising result when we looked in here, actually maybe a few. Let's go into that section. Okay, so then the next part of our panel is called the Clock Tox panel, and this is our toxin panel. So like I mentioned, if the toxin shows up on here, it's affecting how your DNA is being expressed. It's in your epigenetics. Pretty significant. Mm -hmm. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna read each toxin class and whether you tested positive or not, okay? Let's do it. So the first one is parabens. You, we did not find parabens in your epigenetics. Great. That's great. Great. No parabens. Extra <laughs> no par parabens. But for somebody who does, like for a, another male who may have parabens, one of the things that parabens are being researched for is actually as contraceptives because in contact with sperm, we know that it like immobilizes them. <laughs> so mm. not good for fertility, also not good for the biological clock. The second class of toxins we have are the bisphenols. So BPA and BPF are the two we're testing for right now. And you did come back with BPA in your system. That one you can't get. Oh, it is impossible it's, to get away from it. It's hard. It's hard. It's crazy. I know. If it makes you feel any better, everybody who's taken our test had at least one toxin show up. Oh, okay. We haven't had anybody come back completely Super clean Super clean. And this is for someone who avoids plastic. Mm -hmm. Right? I, have, I use a glass water bottle. I use a glass water filter. Even non-BPA everything, right? No, I don't even touch receipts at Whole Foods. Right? Or I haven't put it in the bag and then I never touch it. I avoid, you know where it's coming from, though. I've, we, I feel like I know. I was telling you off air, I love the canned drinks, uh, right? Ah, yeah. Like, uh, any of the, like, we, we, you and me go to Air One, we'll see, like, it's a wall of all of these different flavor canned drinks, like an herbal spritzer, right? Another one which is like a soda replacement. And it's like, wow. And I walk in there and I go, I love these. So I do have a lot of those at home, and I'll just sip them, you know, when I'm working as an alternative to water sometimes because I don't want to drink water all day. Yeah. But those have plastic in the middle, in the lining of it. And this is something we don't think about because it's we think of the can and aluminum. No, it's the plastic in the lining. Yeah. So for me, my gut tells me that that's where it's coming from. Okay. And unfortunately, we're also finding new sources of these things all the time. Like a, a study just came out with, like, BPA showing up in uh, fitness apparel. Crazy. So we can't. Have, it's, it's, it's like it's like so we we're gonna support, be naked. Yeah, naked, living in the in the woods, and they might even be in the woods. Probably at this point. All right. What else we got? Okay. Uh, we have BPF, um, which can lower semen quality overall, um, and in women. Uh, there's actually some of those transgenerational effects um, in baby boys specifically, but you did not show up any no BPF in your system, so that's great. Great. Then we get to the phthalates. Oh, boy. Now, there's six of them, and they've got some fancy acronyms. Um, so MBZP did show up in your system, and MEHHP did show up in your system. And for MEHP, 
um, you came back with a moderate exposure because that one we actually have like low, medium, or high. Mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, some of the things that we know are specifically the MEHP, which I just mentioned, where you in the moder- in the moderate. We know that that's associated with lower testosterone levels and poorer semen quality. Wow, MEHP just from that one phthalate. Yeah. Wow. So where where is this exposure coming from? Because there's a lot of people who are confused because it seems like it's everywhere. And it kind of is. And that's the biggest problem. Plastics and, and fragrances are going to be the biggest. And the other thing we see is phthalate dust in the house. Mm. So, like, I don't like to vacuum. Thankfully, I, I have a sister who handles the cleaning in the house. But as we have, like, furniture, blinds, carpets, things that are made out of some, there's some sort of, like, plastic element to them. Right. Like, Ikea furniture, unfortunately, is a big contributor to this. Um, as, like, these particles start to, like, break down and, and create dust, um, if we're not actively getting rid of that dust, we end up inhaling them. Same thing, like, it starts to accumulate in the air ducts. Mm. And, like, if you don't run your air for a season and then a, everything, like, kind of settles and then you, like, turn your air on, all of a sudden you get a nice big inhalation right. of whatever has been accumulating. So they can be inhaled as well, unfortunately. Yeah, and this chemical is usually the one that makes, like, kind of plastic soft, right? Yep. Plasticizers. And this is what um, you see a lot of in like even shower curtains. Yep. Right? So it's everywhere. And for me, it's interesting to hear this because I actively know where it's coming from and I'm actively avoiding it. But like many toxins, you just can't avoid them. So then what do we do if we can't avoid them? Is there a way that we can create our resiliency stronger? Can we do something for our body to really help open up that space where we go, okay, yeah, like I'm exposed, but I got you. Yeah, there's a few things. Um, So supporting our natural detoxification mechanism. So avoidance is always number one. We avoid as much as we can, and then supporting our body's natural detoxification mechanisms. Sweating, pooping, breathing, peeing, Mm -hmm. all the things that we get out. Um, If you're not pooping every day, there's a problem. Mm. If you're not sweating every day, might be a problem. Mm. And then the other thing that's really interesting in the research, there's two nutrients that have shown to mitigate some of the damage, some of the DNA damage and some of the endocrine damage from some of these compounds. And those two nutrients are folate and EGCG from green tea. Mm. So folate, your food sources are going to be like your spinach, your greens, if you do animal products, um, organ meats, but easy to get folate in the diet and some people need a little more and some people need it in a special form. Um, EGCG, three cups of green tea a day or one matcha a day, like easy to do, so easy to do. Now let's chat about something crucial that is omega-3s. You know I'm all about keeping clean and pure when it comes to products as well as food on my plate. But when it comes to supplements, right, we have to make sure we have the best of the best, but especially when it comes to omega-3s. And and I really mean it. Omega-3s are some of the most adulterated supplements that exist out there. And a lot of companies aren't doing it right. We need omega-3s for our heart, for our brain, for our eye health. You might not be getting enough nutritionally. When it comes to Peori, it's a quality brand, not only just with omegas across their whole line. They're extremely transparent. Every batch undergoes rigorous testing against over 200 contaminants, and you could check the results for yourself. And that's one of my favorite things. You can scan the QR code 
and look at the batch that is right in front of you that is on your shelf or on your counter and you can see the results for this quality testing. Pure's O3 Ultra Pure Fish Oil delivers a potent dose of EPA and DHA without any unnecessary extras. Now, Pure is offering 20% off of their O3 Ultra Pure Fish Oil, the one that I take every single morning, and all their fantastic products to you, the Heal Thyself listener. That's 20% off even the already discounted subscription price. I want you to go to Pure.com. Use my promo code DRG. That's P-U-O-R-I.com slash DRG to take care of your health with some of the best omegas out there by Pure. These days... These days, it seems like everyone is carrying on a beverage, whether it's soda or flavored water, or kombucha, or coffee, or tea. But not all beverages are created equal when it comes to quality and health benefits. That is why I become obsessed with Peaks Sun Goddess Matcha. I've been using this for, it's one of the first supplements I really invested in. It's four years ago, probably. And it's not just any old matcha powder. We're talking organic ceremonial grade matcha tea that has been meticulously screened for pesticides, heavy metals, mold, and even radioactive isotopes. Peak takes no shortcuts. Their matcha is cultivated by ninth degree tea masters in Kagoshima, Japan, using century old traditions. Their plants are shaded for 35% longer than usual to maximize the production of vital compounds like L-theanine for calm, steady energy and chlorophyll for its detoxifying anti-aging properties. I start every morning with a frothy cup of sun goddess matcha, not just for energizing my body, you know, we all want to get that caffeine kick, yeah, okay, but for the amazing gut health, metabolism boosting, and antioxidant benefits. The phytonutrients nurture my digestive system, the EGCG compounds help my body burn calories efficiently, and the chlorophyll gives my skin the awesome reading. You see I'm glowing right now, right? That's because of the matcha. There's perfectly proportioned packets that are easy to mix with water whenever I need to pick me up, so easy to make a consistent self-care ritual. Peak is offering you, the Heal Thyself listener, 15% off of their sun goddess matcha plus a free beaker and a rechargeable frother when you go to peaklife.com slash drg they're so confident that you're going to love it there's even a 30-day money-back guarantee no code at checkout just go to p-i-q-u-e-l-i-f-e.com slash drg you're going to get 15 percent off plus all those freebies and and that that is going to help you not only detoxify but is those are the, the, the well-studied ones to go okay yeah no your resiliency is going to be way better for these toxins Yes. Unbelievable. And we know that those two nutrients also help rewind the biological clock, maybe from the toxin component, maybe from the methylation component, specifically with folate. Mm -hmm. um, so a few different mechanisms, but two power nutrients right there. So for me, I'm thinking a, a, a bright, colorful salad with a lot of leafy, dark, rich greens, right? Like spinach or something. Yep. Uh, and then a matcha some point in the day. Maybe in the morning you have the matcha, the salad in the afternoon and you are already rewinding your biological clock. Totally. Protecting yourself from these toxins. Man, so easy, right? Just eating healthy. Well, it's so funny. Literally all the research is showing that all the things that we know work are the things that work. Oh yeah, for <laughs> sure. Isn't that interesting? So, uh, okay, powerful. Is there any more toxins or anything that, uh, else on the, on the kit? The, that Those are all the toxins okay. that we've tested you for. Okay, yep. and those are the big ones that really affect your just overall biological age. Biological age and fertility. And like fertility. I said, both the phthalates and um, the mixed chemicals. So like some, some of the IVF clinics have done studies where it's like BPA and phthalates. Mm -hmm. The higher the levels in the couples, the poorer the outcomes. And yeah. that means like lower fertilization rates, more uh, miscarriages, more chemical pregnancies, which means fewer healthy babies, unfortunately. Yeah, I would say that those are the two biggest, two biggest for, if I had, a, if I was in practice, I'd go, let's test this, let's find it, let's figure this out, and let's give you more green tea and more folate. Yeah. 
love to hear that. Okay, so how do this is is this test out? Can people viewing listen? The test can they is, do it? Yep, test is on the market. You can order it online. It gets shipped to the house. You do a few drops of blood on a little card, and you ship it back to the lab. And how do we get this test? Because I know people are going to want it. Clockwise.com. Clockwise with a Z. I'm Dr. Z. Um, and I'm sure you'll put a link. For sure. We'll put the link. We'll put the link. And how do people find you if they're like, I love what she's saying. I need to see her talking about fertility, infertility, and belly dancing all in one day. Where do we find you? So all of the biological age information and how to rewind your clock is going to be on at Clockwise Fertility. Again, Clockwise with a Z on Instagram. Um, and for belly dancing videos, you can go to at Dr. Zagoni, Dr. Zagoni, C-A-G-O-N-E. <laughs> I love that. I love that. And if you ain't following her, man, she got all the great stuff, and she's just a wonderful being, a wonderful soul to be around. Thank Listen, you. Listen, you dropped some awesome gems for so many people. This is going to help so many people because there's a lot of couples that I know that are going to be like, yo, Christian, this was amazing. I can't believe I learned this, right? Uh, we're trying to get pregnant right now. Mm -hmm. So this is this is such a gift. And for me, if I wasn't doing emotional stuff and I never went into cancer, I would absolutely be in fertility because it's one of the biggest gifts you can give mm -hmm. people. Uh, and it's such beautiful, beautiful work. Thank you so much for coming here, sharing your knowledge. Listen, so many of us are going to live longer just by listening to this podcast. Can I share one more thing? Absolutely, do it. So my most recent biological age test... So when I fir my first one, I said I came back four years older. I rewound two years and eight weeks. My most recent one, at 35, I came back at 31 and three quarters. So I went from four years older to almost four years younger in a year and a half. In a year and a half. Yeah. So that is accessible to everyone. Yep. Just, and you said, simple changes go a long way. Yep. So even the changes you heard here, start implementing them, right? Go to the website or go to the Instagram, learn more about it, take the test, see where you're at. This is the most power, this is empowering information. Yeah, and the test comes with the, 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 what we call the FAST framework. So all the things that rewind the biological clock, you already have a couple of paragraphs for each thing on how to start rewinding your biological clock in your report. Amazing stuff. Thank you so much, Dr. Z. My pleasure. I appreciate you and you. back soon, okay? Absolutely. All right, everyone, I have a special surprise. It's been a long time coming. We've been at this for quite a while, and finally, it is here. The Heal Thyself merch. And I'm so excited because what we did is make sure that everything is clean, organic, sustainable, coming with the quality that we talk about on this show reflected in what you put on your body. So we got a little tote bag, clean, organic, and in here is one of my favorite designs, the Heal Thyself logo with the heart and the black circle right over the heart. Heal Thyself just wrapped around it. And you'll notice right here on the tag, organic, clean, sustainable. I got the hat on, the corduroy hat, some of my favorite pieces, different colors, beautiful hat. Not only that, we have a lot more options. We have sweatshirts, hoodies, crew necks, t-shirts, all the different colors, all the different vibes. I want you to sign up for the mailing list at hts.today. On Friday, November 11th, we'll send you an email for early access and a 10% off promo code for your first order. We'll open the store to the public on Monday, November 14th. So this is how you get the lowdown. This is how you get the early access to the early drop. So I want you to sign up for hts.today, get everything you need. This is perfect timing for the holidays. Awesome fall colors are here. And I hope you enjoy the Heal Yourself merch. So what, what is mindfulness? You know, this term has really become popular over time. 
And for me, I associated mindfulness with the same thing as meditation. And in many ways it is, right? When you're meditating, you're mindful. But what the heck is the mind? And are there even any studies that shows that mindfulness can help my health physically, mentally, and emotionally? But when it comes to mindfulness, this thing blew up, right? There's whole industries, there's apps, there's classes, there's courses, there's Instagram posts, mindfulness, 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 and it's growing. And to be honest, it can become overwhelming. Where do we stand? What do we do? How do we become mindful? What does it mean to be mindful? What's the best practice? So all of these things we're going to be really answering today because these are really, really valid questions. And it varies sometimes from person to person. But regardless, we're going to break down all of the basics so you understand what mindfulness means for you and how you can integrate it to yourself for your long-term health and relationships. So if you ask 20 different people what their definition of mindfulness is, you're probably going to get 20 different definitions, right? Many of us will just say oh, it's, it means just washing the dishes and making sure that you're connected to the dishes. Sure. It means walking on the street and making sure you're connected to the street. It means meditation. It means being in the mind. It means being away from the mind. But most of the time you're going to hear words like the now moment, right? Remember the power of now, that book by Eckhart Tolle? You might hear being present. So many of us talk about being present, but what does it even mean to be present? How do you be present? So when you break down mind in full, let's think about it this way. What is the mind? It's a bit of an elusive definition in itself, right? When we think about mind, we think about brain immediately. And we define what our brain is. That's easy. We know it's tangible. We know what it even looks like. Some of us, a kid can draw a picture of a brain. It'll be crude, but we know what a brain is. Most people think of the brain and they hear that and they hear the word mind and brain, mind and brain. But does that mean that the mind exists within our brain? Well, not necessarily, right? Because there's some fascinating research as to what happens to our levels of consciousness or the mind when we suffer brain injuries, which certainly creates an association between our healthy functioning brain and our ability to have consciousness. So for our purpose here, let's just think of mind as a greater self, right? Yourself that is transcendent of flesh and blood that is listening to this podcast, right? And full. What about the other part, right? The suffix. Well, what does it mean to attach F-U-L to anything, right? Uh, when we think of ourself and what we're describing, to me, it's really filling your mind, your greater sense of self, right? All the way to the brim, love, awareness, acceptance, fully embodying the one moment that is you, taking in each individual sensation as it comes, feeling it, but not needing to attach to it, not adding any extra context or rationalization or thoughts, the things that we do to pull ourselves away from our body and our senses and go into the ego. So we experience a rose in mindfulness, we see it for what it is, a rose. But we don't attach what a beautiful rose. Oh, I remember on The Bachelor, there was a rose. Whatever happened to that person? And then we just attach and attach and attach and we go on these loops and strings of thinking. But being mindful is really just being fully in the moment. That is you, with your mind, fully full. Okay, so that sounds nice, but yeah, so what? We live every day. We gotta go to work. We need to get tasks done. We have to-do lists. What is the usefulness? How do we survive in just being? How do we survive with our mind full? Well, you ever been driving 
and you've been so lost in your thought that you come in and realize you've driven in the last 10 minutes without even being aware of where you're passing or what's passing you by. Right? You're still going in the right direction. You're going to your destination, but you miss everything that passes along the way. Yeah, right, so what? I don't care if I don't notice all the strip malls that I'm driving by, but if this happens so easily while driving, are you so sure that it isn't happening in any other areas throughout your day? Getting ready in the morning, responding to emails, talking or eating with loved ones. If you're like me, chances are you're just susceptible to spacing out during encounters or spacing out when you're driving. And it's these everyday moments that are the magic of life that's happening. It requires a sense of presence to fully experience them, as well as mindfulness to just feel how they interact with the who that you are your higher self. So when was the last time you truly had a mindful meal? Using every single sensation, right? No TV, no distractions, no phone, no conversations. When was the last time you truly had a moment in gratitude for where the food came from? How about the last time you fully activated your senses with your food? The smelling, the feeling, the tasting, the chewing. Until every bite just completely disintegrates in your mouth and then feeling it go down your digestive system. Don't worry, you're not alone. It's easy to tell ourselves that we don't have time for mindfulness. We'll get some research-based recommendations later on, yeah, but really simply putting yourself in the now moment, now more than ever, is essential. It could be as simple as just putting a post-it note in front of your door every time you walk, and it says, take five seconds to stop and breathe and check in with yourself. The real reason most of us avoid being mindful is that we're, one, so used to being overstimulated and removing that stimulation and just being with our mind can be uncomfortable. It's got to be uncomfortable to be with your thoughts and feelings that come up in the absence of distraction. And two, it's a way we protect ourselves. We pull our awareness up into our brain. We pull our awareness up into our mind to run away from what is in the body. It's so difficult for so many people to be in their body and to be with themselves. And it's so easy to be in the mind with your thoughts. We love resting in the throne of the ego, but we hate being in the muck of the body. But the illusion is that the muck is in the body. The truth is, your truth, your health, every answer, everything you ever needed is in your body. We protect ourselves from feeling the emotions that we don't want to feel in the body. And we pull ourselves up to our brain and we protect ourselves from those emotions with things like anxiety and depression and addiction. And then we create diagnoses and books and protocols all around it, drugs, supplements. But the fact of the matter is, is that's the way we protect ourselves from feeling the emotions that we don't want to feel. So the question is, should we be treating the anxiety, depression, and addiction, or should we just bring people to the emotions that we don't want to feel? So when you think about this, when you think about mindfulness, are you avoiding being mindful because being mindful brings you into your body? And if you're in your body, are you ready to feel the emotions that you don't want to feel without the protection? If the answer is no, then that's fine. You can always fall back into anxiety, depression, addiction. But if the answer is yes, you can always face the parts of you that you didn't ever want to face. And no, they ain't ever as scary as you thought. And you ain't going to die because children experience their parts of them always. The anger, the sadness, the guilt, whatever it is, comes up, it's expressed, and then they don't think about it two hours later. We hold on to it and we try to hold those marbles until we 
finally are ready to let them go. And when we let them go, the irony is that, that we think it's scary, but it's the most liberating thing in the world. So coming into mindfulness, what does mindfulness mean? You're coming into your body, remembering who you are. Now, if anyone resonates with this, this is powerful. Just like you go to the gym for your body, and there are practices that you know, have been proven to grow our ability to just stay mindful every single day, right? Meditation, so much more. We're gonna go through some of the evidence-based techniques now. I'm gonna give you practical examples of how you can begin to implement mindfulness into your daily life at a sustainable rate that fits you. Now, before I go into any evidence, I wanna give a shout out to my awesome research assistant out in Michigan State, Michael Knox. Man, he's scouring the internet for the latest studies. He's really helping me out. Takes a huge load off my back. Michael Knox, shout out to you, all the love. All right, so mindful eating. When you hear mindfulness, this is one of the easiest things you can do. When you hear mindfulness, the first image probably comes that you're sitting down quiet, not having any thoughts. It's a form of meditation and it has its benefits. And we'll get there. But I just want to start with something really easy that you can do every single day and it's eating. Now, how do we eat a meal? Right? Perhaps we're rushing or we're watching TV or eating dinner or talking to someone. But this is an awesome, perfect place to start your mindfulness practice. Pick a meal, one meal, and just engage your five senses. Start looking at your food. What colors do you notice? Take time to practice some gratitude. What brought the food in front of you? Think about the soil, the farmers, the grocer that you interacted with. You for cooking the food, bringing it to yourself. And think about all the things that happen for the food just to be in front of you. Take a moment to acknowledge it. Then go into your eating. Slow down. Right? Really slow down what you're eating. It can just be the first bite, but chew your food until it turns into liquid, mush. Be very aware of the different textures and tastes that are there. Did you know that research has shown that the longer you chew, the more the food's glycemic index is reduced. That means it's having less effect on your blood sugar. That's crazy. Additionally, there's a substantial amount of research out there that's been pointing in the direction that says eating rate is as an important factor in influencing energy intake in acute settings, such as those who eat really quickly seem to eat more compared to those who eat at a slower pace, all within one meal. So one tip for accomplishing mindful eating is to use smaller utensils. Chopsticks. Chopsticks are amazing, right? They lead to a decrease postprandial glycemic response, meaning your blood sugar isn't as high as it would be if you were taking big spoonfuls and big forkfuls and smaller, more mindful bites. Now, this practice can just start with one meal. You don't need to completely overhaul your daily routines. Start small, see how you feel, and then expand from there. What about walking? Oh my God, here's another thing we always do, right? Mindful walking. Again, you can see there's a theme. There's just so many moments in your day that you can take just to be mindful. Even just a few minutes here and there. Here's something you can do, walk. A study of graduate students used quantitative markers to assess changes in sleep, mood, and physical activity pre and post mindfulness walking interventions. 100% of participants in the study demonstrated improvement in measures of anxiety. 66% showed improvements of depression and physical self-efficacy, as well as improvements in sleep duration and sleep quality. The participants of the study focused on three things. Breath, meditative connection, right? Noticing the environment around you, and actual movements. Now again, you can start slow with this. Just go for a walk from your house to your car in the morning and really take in the moment. Take in, notice everything around you. How do you feel? What sounds do you hear? How does the ground feel? Notice all of your body mechanics, the weight that's shifting. 
Very easy, very fast, but bringing you to a more now mindful state. And there's no specific goal you need to focus other than just noticing. Now, what about the benefits of mindfulness on specific metrics like stress, anxiety, and depression? Well, 2018, there was a study of 12,000 plus participants with varying psychiatric diagnoses that showed that meditation treated anxiety and depression as well as evidence-based therapies like cognitive behavioral therapy and medication. What about blood pressure? The American Heart Association has stated that meditation has a possible benefit to blood pressure, which was followed by a 2020 review of 14 studies that concluded mindfulness practices was associated with a significant reduction in blood pressure with patients diagnosed with hypertension, diabetes, and cancer. What about pain management? Well, palliative medicine is a field of medicine aimed at treating patients who have long-term chronic conditions, many including pain. Now, palliative care involves traditional techniques you might think of for someone with chronic pains, such as medication and physical therapy. But a key branch to pain management that providers have been using is mindfulness. Our perception of our pain has an enormous impact on how it impacts our day-to-day lives. 2020, there was analysis of five studies in adults using opioids for chronic pain that found that meditation practices were strongly associated with pain reduction. Now, how could mindfulness help pain reduction? Well, chronic pain is hard, and bringing up awareness around this daily condition can help you cope with the reality of an individual's new normal, perhaps helping and accepting, thus bringing the pain farther into the background of every single day. Really important stuff, because so many people, you'd be surprised, are living with pain. What about substance use disorder? Mindfulness here can assist with bringing awareness to thoughts and feelings that trigger cravings and use of the substance. 2018 review of 37 studies confirmed that mindfulness can reduce participants' craving levels. What about PTSD? It doesn't just have to be you went to war and you come back and you have PTSD. PTSD can be in every single person who has experienced a trauma. In 2018, there was a review of eight studies containing 500 plus participants who experience interpersonal violence. And six of the eight studies concluded that mindfulness practices reduce PTSD symptoms. 2018 clinical trial funded by the U.S. Department of Defense included 203 veterans with PTSD as a result of their active military service. And it compared mindfulness practice versus more traditional prolonged exposure therapy, which aims to gradually expose individuals to the traumatic event to help reduce the symptoms. This trial found that mindfulness techniques, specifically meditation, was as effective as prolonged exposure therapy and improved overall mood and quality of life. And one of my favorite ones is about mindfulness and cancer. 2019 analysis of 29 studies demonstrated that mindfulness-based practices among people with cancer significantly reduced psychological distress, fatigue, sleep disturbance, pain, anxiety, and depression in cancer. How powerful is that? That just a mindfulness practice of, let's say you're washing the dishes, you're fully in the sensation and being of washing the dishes. If you're walking, you're fully there. If you're eating, you're fully there. If you're hearing someone talk, you're fully there without even thinking about what you need to say. Just practicing now moment mindfulness, even meditation, is so powerful for things that people are really suffering with, like cancer. This should be in every cancer hospital. This should be in every pain clinic. This should be taught in every medical school as one of the top five things you need to do for your health. So, wonderful, I love talking about mindfulness. Look, how easy is it? This is why I talk about it so much. 
It's an easy intervention. It's easy, easy, easy to do around things that we do every single day. Just bring your awareness around it. Really hope you enjoyed that knowledge bomb on mindfulness. Man, I really love talking to Dr. Catherine Zagoni. Every single time we talk, man, we're talking about fertility and she knows her stuff. Talking about longevity, she knows her stuff. I hope you got a lot out of this show. Mindfulness, start doing it easy today. One thing, one meal, one walk, one anything. Do it today. Notice how your body starts feeling over time. Rate, review, subscribe. And also, don't forget, the Heal Thyself merch is coming on November 14th, hts.today. You're going to get a 10% off promo code for your first order. You're going to get the early access to the early drop. That's hts.today. Check it out. Love you all. See you next week.